You're listening to the Play, Teach, Talk podcast. I'm Tiffany Thompson, a speech pathologist with over 20 years of expertise in working with children under three years of age and their families to help them understand language and communicate more effectively. My specialty is in working with emerging communicators with few or no true words to reduce their frustration, help them interact and play with their peers and family, and learn to truly enjoy the back and forth of functional communication throughout their daily routines. This podcast is not intended to diagnose speech-language disorders, but is more of a general set of suggestions for children who are experiencing delays in their language skills. For recommendations or therapy specific to your child's needs, consultation or evaluation with a licensed speech-language pathologist in your city is highly suggested. This is Season 3, Episode 24 of the Play, Teach, Talk podcast. Daycares. So as part of any sort of education resource information, I I feel like kids who are aged birth to three, which is the majority of the population I work with, usually for working parents in this country, we do have to consider possibly having to use a daycare, a preschool, some sort of child care throughout a child's week so that parents can work. And since the pandemic uh, restrictions have been limited, lifted so much, um, there's not as much working from home, which can be a blessing and a curse, right? Um, So I wanted to give you some ideas about if you're considering choosing a daycare or some form of care for your child, what kind of daycare options there are available to you and kind of what to think about when you are trying to choose a daycare. I'm also going to talk about the point system. I'm not sure if this is something that happens in every state in the U.S., but it does happen in North Carolina when they're rating a daycare. I was going to talk to you about what those stars, it's a five-star rating program, and I'm going to tell you what those stars actually stand for because I'm not really sure. I don't know if when you tour a daycare, if they actually talk to you about what those stars mean. I'm also going to put a link in the show notes so that you can look at that rating system too. Um, So basically, there are a bunch of different kinds of child care out there. You have a family child care home. Um, It's usually a very small group of kids in some sort of home building, so maybe in the basement of an actual home or somebody's in their residential home. I've been to several uh, family child care homes to see kids for speech therapy. Um, usually um, they there is maybe one maximum of maybe two caregivers within a daycare. The ones I've been to, there was just one person. And so what that also means is there's not as many kids being taken care of at one time. So that's an advantage to the family child care homes. What can be an issue, though, is that they're not always required to have health and safety regulations. And so you might want to um, maybe spend a little time in there, take take the time to look through the different spaces that the kids are in. Um, some places, so some places I've been, children all stay in one main area. In some daycares that I've gone to, their family child care um, homes, there are two or three rooms that the children play in. Um, I think I think some of them are required to have a playground out back too, so the kids get some outdoor time as well. Um, but the regulations are a lot 
less strict with family care homes. Then you have a child care center, and that's more um, just being grouped by age. Usually it's a building and that's not a residence, so it's not a home. Um, they're larger facilities, and they're going to have more kids that are enrolled, so there will be a lot more a lot more kids. There's usually a director and then there are uh, the staff members that are in the classrooms. It can be a church child care center. It could be a government agency like maybe Early Head Start. Um, and it could be more, it'll be more of like a classroom type environment. Um, and so that that might be uh, different activities. Some, sometimes they'll have some, some sort of like structure to their day specifically so kids are getting different kinds of play. And so that's more of a child care center. Um, then you have like a preschool program. And these are kids that are, this is for kids that are like usually between three and five years old. I have seen that with kids that are younger. Um, the centers that I've seen, especially the ones that are um, higher rated, uh, tend to have more of a curriculum. So they actually do have sometimes weekly themes that they're uh, teaching the kids. They might have centers or they might change out their toys so that the toys all kind of correspond with themes or the songs that they're playing or singing are going to have to do with that same theme. Um, and there's, so there's a little bit more of a focus on specifically on education um, and they will be split up based on what kind of learning level each age group of children are. Um, and then when you get up into the preschools, the, the more kind of dedicated preschool, sometimes there are extra languages being learned. There might be more focus on like STEM, the science, technology, math, um, that kind of thing, English math kind of uh, programs so that there really is a very more specific learning um, focus for kids. So um, how the points are earned. So in North Carolina, we have a five-star uh, rating system. And um, so there are, there are some environmental standards, which is basically how things look, what their, um, their ratios are, how many kids per how many um, uh, caregivers there are, um, how educated the uh, people who are providing the care in the daycares are. Um, how how much educational material they offer and how much of a curriculum they actually offer, all of those have to do with different aspects of the child care. So if you have a have a child care center that has a like a four point rating system, then they're probably going to have a low child to caregiver ratio. And when they say low, this is important to know, when they say low, it's different for each age group. So the younger kids have to have a lower ratio. So they're going to have four, four kids to one caregiver, typically for younger kids. And then as kids get older, they can have more kids per caregiver. Um, I don't know how often that actually is kept to standard. Uh, when quality when quality ratings are given, um, I do believe they have somebody who comes through the daycare and watches watches and looks and inspects the rooms. But um, there's there are more kids per caregiver the older kids get. Um, and so then, like, what kind of curriculum they offer, um, what other educational things are going on in there, and what the space looks like, what kind of um, environment do they have, do they get to explore, is there science, that kind of thing. And then the last point that, that the daycares give is a quality point. 
they can choose to um, get into extra education or pro programmatic criteria to get this quality point. I'll give you a couple of examples. Examples I'm reading right off of the link of this, but basically it's that at least 75% of the teachers have an infant toddler certificate. Um, they have school age care, school age care credentials or semester hours in school age coursework. Um, they have ongoing training hours. That's the educational options. And then there's this programmatic options. I think that's how to get that quality point. That's how they kind of flesh out the daycare to make it more educational for the kids. So that would be reduced group sizes, reduced staff child ratios, um, uh, business training courses, and uh, age or developmentally appropriate curriculum. So this, this is the extra part of the five-star rating if they get it. So if you find a five-star rated daycare, you've got a daycare that's going to have very low child-to-caregiver ratios and all of this other like educational, um, really like fleshing out the education this child needs at this daycare. Um, so I've been to child care centers that ha ha are supposed to have that ratio, and I've seen a lot more kids in that daycare room than they, they the ratio is indicating. So um, if you are considering looking at a daycare, um, there are a few things that I would have you look at if you wanted to. Number one, if your child has any sort of, of challenges with communication, if you could meet the daycare the caregiver, basically, that would be working in the classroom that your child is going to be in, I would let them know what your child's particular issues with language are. If they tend to be kind of shy or are more out, are not, are less outgoing, you want to let the daycare provider know that that you, you know, you want them to kind of help, you know, encourage them to talk, encourage to use their language skills with other kids. If they have a sensitive sensory system and they get overwhelmed by things quickly, the daycare providers that would be potential for them to, to take care of them, they need to know these kind of things. So, because I think one of the issues with the caregiver ratios for kids at one time for one caregiver is a lot to keep track of. And if your child needs a little bit of help to help in, engage and enhance their language skills, you know, I think we like to to think that kids are naturally going to pick up language in a daycare. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's one of those things if a, your child's a little bit shy, the daycare provider is probably going to have to pay a little bit more attention to that and encourage your child to do um, a little more interacting. And that might take just a little push from them from time to time, or maybe to notice which other child in the daycare room is forming a friendship with your child, or you know how, how can you use the environment of being around other kids to help enhance language, because sometimes it doesn't happen naturally. Also, I would take a stroll, maybe you don't even need to go into any of the classrooms, but I would check out and see um, if your daycare providers are letting the kids kind of free play, but they're playing on their phones. I think that that has happened more recently, and that's something to watch out for. I'd come at a time that maybe was a less expected time, maybe when there's a transition or something like that. Um, you know, the, the caregivers are there to take care of your child and to watch your child and to, you know, get between any conflicts and help kids work through those. They're, they're not, that's not time to check your phone. Um, and it, it, I think that that can be hard for me to see as a speech therapist when I want the kids that I see to be given good models of language all day long. And, you know, your daycare providers can't focus on the child if they're looking at their phones when they're supposed to be, you know, teaching your child about the world. Um, 
So uh, that would be one thing I would look at. Another thing I would pay attention to is if you can drop in, listen to how the daycare providers are talking to the children that they're working with. Granted, this is a tough, stressful time, and they're, you know, sometimes the ratios are higher than they should be for these caregivers, and they're trying very, very hard to take care of more children than they should be. Um, however, that does not excuse yelling at, um, you know, being reprimanding for things that don't make sense, kids um, talking in, in an unkind way to your child. Um, you know, discipline has to happen and sometimes uh, adults have to be firm, but there's that's no reason for abusive talk. I've heard some very nasty things said to kids that did not deserve it in daycares. Um, the other thing, this is this is something that is a picky thing for me, <laughs> but I went to a daycare one time and um, I went in to do therapy within the classroom so that I was kind of going along with that child, which is the natural learning environment way to do things. And when I was in there, the daycare provider, without any sort of visual support or any sort of uh, rhyme or reason to it, um, told the kids that one part of the room was no longer usable and would would get angry and punish the children if they went into the area. I mean, there, there was absolutely no barrier there. So this is complete and completely open play areas but with absolutely no indicator other than her verbal instructions that that part of the daycare room was no longer accessible because we weren't playing with that anymore. And I think that is this is for like a two-year-old. So this is very developmentally inappropriate. A child is not going to understand a barrier that doesn't exist other than we were playing in this space now and now we're no longer doing that. So um, unreasonable requests or rules in a daycare that don't really make sense um, for a child's day or that are, are that are going to be hard for a child to comprehend without any sort of other visual or, you know, obstacle, you know, if, if we even had had those particular shelves turned towards the wall so that the toys were no longer accessible, that would be a good vis visible visual barrier that would let a child know that those toys were no longer accessible. But just to say that space was no longer available, even though it was completely open, you know, and ready for the kids to play in, didn't really make sense. So those would be the kind of things I'm looking for. I think, I think, you know, some of these things, having the low child ratio, having some sort of educational uh, program going on for your child is kind of the bare minimum. Um, and that's kind of why, e even though it might be a little more expensive to go to a family daycare, if you can do that, if you can find a family run daycare um, that is going to be a little more catered to your child, um, I feel like your child's going to get more attention there. And that's going to be a better learning environment for your child than a larger uh, space or larger daycare with more kids. Um, especially the, the, the softer spoken or more passive kids get really lost in those kinds of um, classrooms. So just something to think about. I will post the link to the points-based system in the show notes. Um, if you have to have daycare for your child, that's not a bad thing. And, you know, it's just part of our culture and our society these days. We all have to have jobs, but there, there are definitely things within your power to make great choices about who's caring for your kids while you have to earn the dollar so you have a roof. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, it would help me greatly if you subscribe or leave a five-star review. For additional content, including YouTube videos, articles, handouts, 
and help catered specifically to your child's needs, please visit playteachtalk.com.